way through college. Um, I've always had jobs. Uh, I still in high school, big believer in high school athletics. Um, yeah. That's one thing I love about West Central Ohio is that um, athletics are still a good piece. It disappoints me now sometimes when I see the number of kids that don't take advantage of the opportunities here locally. Yeah. Um, the work ethic that it teaches. Um, you know, I wasn't a great high school basketball player, um, but I played and I um, you know, worked hard. And I, I think about um, high school coach, um, but I had Ralph Rufer, um, good mentor, good teacher. Um, but the work ethic and the ability to teach someone to have confidence in themselves and move forward, um, I give him a lot of credit for um, you know, this portion where we're at today, just, just some of those decisions he's helped us make, help me make better decisions um, down the road. Yeah. Anything from the parents. I mean, it's, it all played well together. Yeah. Where did you go to high school? I went to a little school up in uh, Sherwood called uh, Fairview. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm an Apache. Um, yeah. And, um, did you know Tim so- Zartowski? Tim Zartowski was one year older than I was. Yeah. He and I played... Yeah. Uh, he and I played uh, basketball out at OSU Lima Lima Tech, and he was yeah. he was a he was a really good basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Tim actually, I played with Tim, so yeah, I would yeah. say um, yeah, I was just a year younger than Tim was, but um, uh, yeah, a good player. His um, he had an older brother Ted, and his um, younger brother was a very good player. Um, hmm. I'm trying to think what his younger brother. I think I remember that. Yeah, that he. His brother scored. His other brother scored. I think he's the leading scorer up there. Yes, to unfair. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. My my family. My father was from Mount Pillar, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, originally, yeah. so yeah. John Houston, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very good. Uh, okay, so um, a- as you move forward, did you know from a professional standpoint, uh, was was banking the the ticket for you, or did you always? Uh, have that in your sights, or was it something else? Actually, when I first started off, believe it or not, um, high school athletics and my basketball coach had such an impression on me, I decided I was going to be a basketball coach and be a math and science teacher. Yeah, yeah very good. So um, we'll, we'll kind of go through that story. But the um, um, a couple of summers for that, I was, work, I was going to school at Defiance College, and I was also working at um, also working at uh, Northwest Electric Cooperative up in Bryan, Ohio. Mm. And so I'm working on the summertime, working on power lines and doing all this piece. And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm going to take all this math and science when I got out of school, I might as well just be an electrical engineer and try to make some money. Yeah, yeah. Nothing against school teaching, but it's like, you know, you probably can make more money as an engineer. Sure. So I transferred to Toledo, take one quarter of electrical engineering. <laughs> totally hated it. Um, grade showed that too, but it's like, yeah, we weren't having a good match. But the um, but at the same time, I took an economics course and um, – and I can understand that. I mean, I actually liked it. So yeah. I ended up getting a degree of at University of Toledo in economics. And um, getting out of school, I had no idea, what do you do with an economics degree now? Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess some people go to law school. And it's like, sure. I went, I've done the school. I mean, I, I literally worked my way through school. And parents helped out some. And, and, and could get through. It's hard to believe that University of Toledo in 1990, you could go for a quarter for $721. Yes. Yeah. I was you there. literally... You can literally work your way through school. You're right. Without, you're right. My, debt. Yeah, you're exactly right. My first year, the tuition, because we were on quarters, was $500 at the time. Yeah. 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 And I felt like I, could, I got a great education. I mean, so, I um, yeah. it, it's, you know, you can tie how much dollars you want to the education, but I'm a big believer in education. Which, you know, it's changed a little bit now as far as what's the cost and being able to maybe get out debt free. But, you know, you could, you could do that um, back then. 
But once I got out of school, um, started, um, well, I had to take one more class. I had to take a music class. Um, so I was going to take a music class for one quarter. And it just happened also that my basketball coach called me and said, hey, you want to coach seventh grade basketball for a year? So I got to coach seventh grade basketball for, for one year. I always say I'm the winningest coach in Fairview's history and that I went uh, coach for one year, went 14 and 0. <laughs> he actually beat our opponents by using a two to one score. And um, after that, he said, you want to coach more? And I says, no, I guess now I'm entering the real job world. I went to work for a company called American General. Which of course there you work five, six, seven, I mean five, six, seven o'clock at night, so you're never gonna be able to coach again. Mm. Um, and um, that's kind of where my career started in finance. So it wasn't necessarily targeted towards going into the banking finance world. Um, it just that was the job opening us where where I started off at. Yeah, yeah. And so you stayed in that area in defiance, uh, that defiance uh, mm-hmm. area, uh, and then that is when you got into banking? Yeah, and I stayed there at American General there for a couple of years. Great educational experience. I had a great guy named Don Phillips who uh, broke me in. Um, interesting enough, Keith Iden, who works here for me, I actually worked for Keith for about two weeks because he's in the Lima office. Hmm. Um, one of our employees here, Jeff Binding, um, I actually worked for him for a couple of weeks up in Wasiana and maybe over in Finley when he was there when I was at American General as a trainee. So um, those early connections that you make with people, um, you never know when those come back around, and um, you re- you find those talents, and you're able to um, you know kind of kind of pull them back together. Yeah, yeah, uh, indeed. Uh, when uh, when you think about the banking world, and you think all the way back, you know, to those um, you know middle '90s, what, what's changed the most over the last couple of decades? Oh, the regulation. Hmm. Regulations. I you know I and I I equate it back to. Yeah, I knew Mike Oxley fairly fairly well, mm. and, um, and I know he, he passed away here a few years ago. But um, you know, the legislation that they passed, I think, with that Sarbanes Oxley, yep. remember that bill? Sure. It didn't mean much to me at that time, except it was an answer to Enron and auditing, and that's right, controls and all of this. Yeah, um, I never knew what an impact it would have, just not on credit unions and finance, but on all the industries when it comes to the auditing piece. And the thing that's changed is that before then, it seemed like, and my managers will tell you this too, is that we probably seems like we spent 75% of our time working with members and working with the business piece of it and all of that, and maybe 25% or less on the regulation and the auditing and the controls and mm. you know, that piece of it. It's totally flipped. Mm. It's totally flipped. It's 75% where it seems like we're spending more on regulation and trying to um, navigate through you know, all those um, landmines just to, so we can continue to try to operate and serve our members. Yeah, indeed. And how many employees uh, do you currently have? I'm about 250. Hmm. So, and and yeah. when you when you started way back when with just a, a what was a what was a normal credit union back then uh, that uh, you'd have X amount of employees? Yeah, when I, when I came to Superior in 2003, we had about probably a little less than 50. Employees. Wow. Yeah. It was probably running three offices at that time, and now we're, I don't know, somewhere north of 24, 25 offices probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what, what, so what, what, more managed. Yeah. What would you, what would you say to um, our audience about uh, expansion and, and why, why it became um, obviously one of the main focuses of Superior Credit Union? To expand like you have from 40 employees and then to more than oh, you know a couple dozen uh, different offices. Yeah, it really comes down. I would say um, 
it's just maybe a management philosophy, but every year, and it doesn't matter what business you're in, whether you're in credit unions or you're in manufacturing or you're in retail, it doesn't matter. Every year, your expenses are going to go up. You're going to pay your employees more, hopefully. You're going to pay up more your higher benefits. Your vendors are going to be charging you more. And um, the only way that you really can outrun it, outrun the expenses, is to outrun it on the income side. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can generate income is to grow. Yeah. So, um, well, for, for the most part, to s- s- sustain it. So, as Superior, when we first came here, and, um, and Bruce Campbell, again, a good, me- great mentor. Uh, Bruce was here in um, 2003 when I retired. When he retired, um, always had a good, strong growth numbers here in, in, at uh, Superior at that time. But um, you know, he took the credit union from probably four million to 120 million when he retired. We've went from 120 million to about 1.2 billion um, in the last, um, you know, 15 years. All that growth, though, has allowed us to sustain income, um, pay our employees more, mm-hmm. um, pay our members more, provide a lot more products and services. But it really comes to you've got to figure out in whatever business you're in, you got to figure out how to grow and how yeah. to sustain. Yeah, indeed. Uh, to the average consumer. 120 million to 1.2 billion. Uh, what do those numbers mean? Well, and for, for I'd say for banking and credit unions, you know, in Ohio right now, I think we're probably in the top 25 as far as size-wise, as far as banks and credit unions. Mm. And that's out of um, probably 400. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's also including. I mean, you got Chases of the world. I mean, you got the big ones in there too. So yeah. Um, you know, so re- reasonable size. But still, on the whole scale of things, from financial services, we're very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're, we are really, really small on, the, on that piece of it. But um, we are to a size, though. I think, in credit union-wise, in the state of Ohio, we're fifth largest out of um, like 220 or whatever number that is. Yeah, very good. Um, w- when you think about um, then what I would think uh, as uh, this is a leadership podcast and leadership column. In order to be able to have those offices run efficiently because they're spread out uh, geographically, uh, what's the philosophy in terms of the leadership component to Superior that then connects down top to bottom, bottom to top? Yeah, um, that's a good question. It definitely becomes a little more difficult the more spread out you, you get. I would say when we were smaller, um, you know, it's very easy for me to go out and visit all the branches, yeah. you know, once every couple of weeks. Um, right now, I try to make it, um, COVID slowed it down a little bit, but I try to get to all of our branches at least once a quarter. Yeah. Um, wow. You know, just to just talk to them. It's not really to go in and, you know, it's all I need you to do this, this, and this. It's really going to ask, what do you need? I mean, how things going? What, you know, is there something else we can be getting for you and, um, you know, giving you the, the resources that you need? Big fan of delegation. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got to have people that, that you can delegate to, and you've got to have to have, to have um, member or employees that um, assume that responsibility. And we've got a very good team that, that does that. I think they appreciate that, actually. I think, um, you know, you don't want to be told what to do all the time or how to make every decision. I, you, I, I would much rather delegate to them to make that decision. And if they make a decision, maybe we're not quite happy with, we'll discuss it and then go forward. I mean, and, and learn from it. And hopefully it doesn't you know, happen again, but yeah. Um, for the most part, our employees make a you know, really good decision and have an idea of you know, what the expectations are. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and when you think about that, yeah, you're, 
your uh, the, the delegation piece um, is uh, comes up a lot when it comes to leadership and those that are able to share their vision and then be able to uh, have others uh, carry out that vision um, through delegation. When you think about uh, your leadership teams, how, how do you go about, Phil, how do you go about hiring um, specifically the, the leaders of those uh, offices? I would say most of our, um, uh, most of our hiring actually probably starts at that entry level. Um, and, and when I say that, you know, from a teller or, you know, that, that first line front end staff, and I really like trying to identify those individuals and bring them to the system. Nice. And we still bring in some from the outside that um, it, it might be at a higher level because maybe we just don't have that ex, you know, expertise on staff. But for the most part, um, you know, and I'll use uh, Melanie Weldy, our, um, um, our, our chief operating officer. She literally hired in as a teller, mm-hmm. bright, smart, worked her way right, you know, finished her degree in accounting, moved over to the internal audit side, moved into her as accounting manager, became CFO. Moved over to, she's excelled at every single spot. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, that's an individual that, you know, came in and is just, um, you know, worked very hard and did a very good good job with everything. And, and if you look at the individuals we try to pull through our system, it definitely is individuals that, um, um, you know, just hired in really at that front end and just worked to work themselves through. Yeah. What, what are some of the, what are some of the qualities of those, of those leaders that you, you see, you mentioned a, a number of them, but to what, what do you, what do you see specifically with the qualities of those leaders that, that are, that make them successful? Uh, I, I think one is assuming ownership. Mm. You know, I, I like, you know, I, I can guide you. They can call me and they can want to discuss an issue that they have and we can talk it through. But they know the answer. They just want to need the confidence to say, yes, let's make the decision and go with it. Yeah. And um, now I would say that's probably the big thing. Um, yeah, I really like employees that take, you know, is willing to take the ownership and, and assume that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh what 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 does uh, speaking of all of that and pulling all of those offices together and all those you know 250 plus people what what's what's great culture look like to you people talk about that a lot people talk about culture and i don't know if it's maybe a um, off the cuff term but I, I try and really get some arms around it when we're talking to the folks in uh, the leadership classes but what do you see uh, as great culture and how you define it I think um, if they really truly understand what our value system is, mm-hmm. you know, and not use our, our value system at Superior. One, one of the, our, we've got five values, and but the, the one that is that is key to me that separates us probably from a lot of the other financial institutions, especially on the banking side, because they'll never be able to say this piece is, is that you know we as a, co- a credit union we are cooperative. We are a member-owned organization, so mm-hmm. our members own us. I tell our employees our members can. I mean, they own us, they can buy us, sell us, I guess they can do whatever they want to. It doesn't happen so much in the credit union world like in banking. But the thing is for us, as them being member owners, is that we, one of our core values is that we have, we say that we will work in our members' best interest at all times. Mm. Um, if you're in the for-profit world, you can't say that to the person that you're serving um, or your, your, you know, your customer because you're, um, you know, you're, 
entitled just to, to give that, those funds and everything back to your shareholders. Yeah. Um, for us, when we're working for our members, that's who we're giving back to. Mm. So when, when we talk with our employees, we want them to understand, and they do, and I think when it comes to culture, they understand that piece. But giving back to our members, serving our members, working in their best interest is what we're all about. And it doesn't matter you know, if our interest rate's the best, um, if someone has a better rate, and we see that, and it, it doesn't make sense for them maybe to refinance a car or a house, keep it where it's at. That's in your best interest. Yeah. Um, but if our rate's better, well, we're going to tell you about it because mm. we think that's in your best interest. Yeah. Uh, and, and we instruct and we compensate our employees in a manner that they're not um, compensated in um, a fashion to where they would, um, you know, be forced to do something and uh, that w- wouldn't make sense for somebody. We want it to make sense for them. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about you know training or education um, with your staff. Um, and you think about leadership, and you think about uh, your multi offices and uh, the growth that you've had. Uh, what do you consider beneficial when it comes to training and education in, in terms of leadership or customer service uh, and customer relations? Yeah, I. Um, that's something I don't know if we do. As far as a formalized program, I'm not sure we do that very well. Um, now, do I think it happens? I do. And, and the reason I think it does happen is that we've had a, a number of employees that have been here and are well seasoned. And I think um, they do a great job of teaching the ones that uh, you know, that works for them. Mm, nice. um, yeah. And I think one reason we're able to get away without maybe having a formalized program, um, even though we've discussed and we've wrestled with it, we tried to figure out is there something that makes big sense with that. Um, I think the reason that's probably happened is that when we, our turnover rate in our, um, in our employees, especially ones that um, have been here, um, you know, working in the, um, say, with the loan officer and the member services, um, working in the back office and the call center, our, our turnover is virtually zero. Mm. I mean, when they, when they, when that turnover happens because somebody retires. It's wow. not because they leave to go to do, do something else. Yeah, that's impressive. So with that, I think it gives us a consistency that we're able to, um, you know, push out to, um, you know, to all of our branches. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, there, you, you probably have some data on that in terms of just overall industries or your financial industries in terms of turnover. Um, that that has, to, in terms of you, you put yourself in. In, in a ranking in Ohio with different bankings, but that, that has to be something that is at the top of the data, don't you think? Yeah, it is. It's just anecdotal. I know that when we attract someone from the, um, I'll say from the banking side, mm. they come here, they don't leave. <laughs> yeah. And so I know, I know there's, there's a, you know, I know there's a one way street when that happens, but, um, yeah. It gives me you know, some oh. solace at what we're doing is right. Yeah. Which begs the next question for me, which is, uh, and we're visiting with Phil Buell. He's the CEO, president of Superior Credit Union. Uh, it, it begs the question, what, what's your advice for young people who are coming either out of college or into the workforce? Uh, and, and some, uh, some now, this my parents were World War II generation, so some want to be your job and they want to be the vice president of your company pretty darn quickly. How do you handle that? And what advice do you have for them? I, I think the key is roll up your sleeves and just um, get in and learn as much as you can. I, I, I go back to my American General days. Um, started out at seven bucks an hour out of college. Um, you worked long days. Um, you yeah. had enough money to pay your pay your uh, rent and um, your car payment and maybe a little food money. Um, but yeah. you know the, the the 
the education I got from those first jobs and taking on the additional responsibility, doing what they asked. The same thing when I started in the credit union side of it. Um, you know, you, you every every little piece of intelligence, every little piece of work that you can do to help somebody out, it's all going into your data bank. It's making you uh, a better employee. It's also giving you a better skill set. When it comes to getting that next promotion, it really comes to the point, the first thing I'd ask, have you put yourself in a position to earn that next promotion? Mm. Have you got the education that's needed? Yeah. I go back to Melanie Weldon. She was a great teller. She wouldn't have finished her accounting degree. I wouldn't have made her internal auditor. Mm. Yeah. You know, I probably would. I mean, maybe I would have, but it's like I sure. wanted to find, see if I could find somebody with an accounting degree. Sure. You want you want to you know position yourself and get uh, you know get those advanced educations if you can. Doesn't mean you need to well get masters, but I think if you're in a specific industry, get where you find some deficiencies on your education. I'll use myself as an example. Um, I graduated again with an economics degree, bachelor of arts in economics degree from the University of Toledo. Mm. Here I am managing a credit union at this time up in Defiance. I'd never had a finance class. I'd never had a human resource class. I'd never had a management class. I'd never had a general law class. You're thinking, what did I take as an economics major? But it was an arts degree, so it was more theoretical. Um, I went back to you know, uh, Bowling Green and you know took those classes just so I could actually get a little bit you know stronger skill set, and I actually picked up quite a bit in all of this. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's very good, and and that that's very good advice for, for the young, uh, young young ladies and gentlemen entering into the workforce. Um, the, uh, the 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 next the next piece, uh, forgive me, uh, we were on the board together with uh, Alan Leadership. Uh, did you graduate from Alan Leadership? Uh, did you go um, yes. through the classes? Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to say, I mean, I throw Mickey Vollmer into that list of individuals that's been influential. Yeah, um, yeah. Her, you know, everybody knows, ones that remember Mickey from being around here. For sure. Um, definitely was a, was a good advocate for all in, in for Lima. Yeah, what was that experience like for, for you going through Alan Lima leadership? And what, do you remember what year it was, Phil? I believe it was 04, I believe. Okay, yeah. Um, so, it, I mean, literally, I started at, at Superior oh, yeah. Yeah. in 03. 04 was in that class. Um you know, Mickey and um, say, hey, you need to get in this. And and um, interesting enough, she made some great friendships in there, like like always. I would yeah, say yeah. Um, Terry Webb, who passed away a few years ago, was, was a you know, great member of our class. Yeah. Um, Daniel Hughes, um, great great member. I would say, um, you know, Scott Umberforth, the other member. Um, Kelly Recker, who um, worked for Mercy. Um, then she now is working with Mercy now in Cincinnati. She's on my, my superior board now. Wow. Um, she's been on here for probably 10 years ago. Wonderful, wonderful board member. Um, Drew Canton, and I think uh, we made the, um, you know, part of our all class, but now he, he actually joined us a few years back, and I think we moved from you know, Chase over to here. So, yeah. um, again, all those relationships, I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, you don't know where it's going to be beneficial going down the road. Yeah, I, I really appreciate you saying that. I do think that Mickey was uh, very influential to many of us when, it not only came to uh, the, the leadership component, but the community service com, uh, component and, and things. And, and you're absolutely right. I thought, A, going to Lima Central Catholic, B, University of Toledo, I had moved away for about 15 years, came back. I thought I knew everyone, and I thought I knew every insight. And the fact of the matter is, I knew two people in the class, and I also didn't know anything about the, the community that uh, yeah. uh, has been so good to all of us. But uh, yeah, that's that's. I think that's that's a great takeaway from the Alan Leadership class. 
Um, uh, okay, uh, just a couple more here. Um, what's, uh, what's next on the horizon uh, for Superior Credit Union, and what, what's that definition of success here going forward? <laughs> Oh boy, you know that's that's a good question. I think um, in in the morning when we get up, we just like we we mm-hmm. get up and we start running, and actually, yeah. and, and that's literally. I usually try to run three, three or four days a week, but uh, as a staff, it seems like we're always just trying to put, push ahead and figure out how to grow. Um, you know, right now we we actually you know, we brought some branches on down to Cincinnati and up in Toledo, and we've been spending a lot of time actually just trying to get their facilities in place. Um, nice thing is we're doing all that processing and all that. Um, back office work here in Lima. So it's creating the jobs here for us in Lima. What we're actually finding out um, in those markets, we're really competitive. Um, you, you think you are, can, can you be competitive in those markets? And again, we're being, we're actually surprisingly um, we're oh. very competitive. So I, I think some of that growth down there is going to continue to happen and help, help us manage. Um, I, you know, where things go, I think is um, just an industry in general. Um, and this is banking and, and then also probably credit unions. I think what's, What's happened with the overall economic environment is probably going to continue to create consolidation. Um, Superior is very strong financially. Uh, we're one of the you know, strongest in the in the United States when it really comes to this overall financial strength. So with that, consolidation is probably still going to happen, and that's going to present opportunities. Um, credit unions contact us from time to time and say, "Will you merge us in?" and and we'll do that. We actually have one over in Van Wert, very small CCC Van Wert credit union that is asked. To do that, and with that, we'll probably put a little office over in Worth sometime in the next year or so. Mm. Yeah, so good. we can see that probably continue to continue to happen. But number one is figuring out how to keep servicing our members and doing what we can for them. And if we take care of them, I'm pretty confident we'll be having the same success going forward. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Uh, all right, uh, let's get you out of here on this. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you've had in regards to leadership or? mentoring people uh, now that uh, you're in the position that you're in? Surround yourself with good people. You hear that, but yeah. I've got great people. Yeah. I, I really do. It doesn't matter what branch I go to. It doesn't matter my, my senior leadership staff. i got the utmost confidence in them. I don't get turnover there, um, which tells me they, I must be halfway decent <laughs> to work for. Sure. Um, but yeah. uh yeah, I think, um, you know, that whole team aspect and all of that, um, and that goes back to what we'll call it those high school days and uh, playing high school sports. That team piece of it, um, that, uh, I'll call it that adrenaline rush from competition, all of that stuff. Um, I think it all just kind of meshes itself together. Um, and I've had some great, um, you know, mentors through the years, too. You know, I was thinking when you skip preparing for this, I think I've worked going through college probably 13 odd different jobs. Wow. You know, worked in retail, worked for the Andersons up in Toledo. Oh, yeah, good Andersons. company. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they didn't pay you for anything, but you learn a lot about customer service. Yeah, yeah. Um, also learned I didn't know very much about hardware and plumbing, but they, they didn't know, I guess. So. Yeah. And you were, you probably uh, got a, you didn't have a big comprehensive wardrobe. It's the blue shirt and the khaki pants, right? It was, and the yellow tie, and yeah, I mean, yeah. whatever tie I had at that time. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you, you worked retail, and then I worked at uh, General Motors um, factory up in Defiance for a couple summers. Um, so you got to really feel what blue collar, you know, hard work was like. Yeah. And um, you know, I think they even asked me then, do you want to think about this as a career? And it's like, um, no, I, you know, my dad had worked there, but I, I didn't want to do that for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, it's a good, 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 um, good experience. But um, you know, going back to the electric company, I worked for a guy that was a the foreman, Vietnam vet. Um, and he was a type of individual that whenever 
you get into a sticky situation. That's dangerous stuff. I mean, working on these power lines and they work on them live. I mean, you think they just, you know, cut these things down and there's no power running through them. Right. They're, they're running live with us. Um, they'd get into a sticky situation and it's like he wouldn't send somebody else up there to work on it that day. He got in a bucket truck and he'd go up with them. Wow. So, I mean, that's, that's leadership. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. No, very good. Uh, Phil, it's been a pleasure. I uh, really uh, appreciate your time. I, I know that, uh, Things have been very busy over the last uh, 90 to 120 days and uh, really appreciate your uh, support of the leadership group, but uh, also support of our community. Thanks so much for being with us today. Very good. Thank you, Matt.